The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. Another edition of No Bets Barred. This time, UFC Apex 77. Holly Holm taking on Myra Buena Silva. We go from, in retrospect, what could be the card of the year to beforehand. If it isn't the card of the year, it will be a massive letdown. Big scenes in Las Vegas this weekend. Absolutely. I mean, not. let's start here. Not even a question. UFC 290 is the card of the year. It is, frankly, the card of the last several years. So uh, just an unbelievable weekend. And like John Anik said on the broadcast, you know, nothing but respect for John Anik and everything he said is true and that the hits just keep on coming. Connor, the hits, they're here. It's going to be amazing. Uncrowned, uncrowned title fight? Like the, the vacant Bantamweight, women's Bantamweight title up for grabs? How are we feeling about that? I don't know. I feel, I feel like this is the uh, women's Bantamweight interim title. Oh, I think that this is just the fake. Like, we, we should be just making this the title fight. I think the UFC should have done that as soon as Nunes retired. It's been like, hey, they're fighting already. Let's go for it. Might as well. Couple of couple of people on a win streak. One of them's a champion, a former champion. The the winner of this can fight, uh, you know, Juliana Pena or whoever they decide. But either way, I'm gonna call this person the best female bantamweight in the world at the end of Saturday. All right. Uh, I like that you're going to give them that title. Uh, going back to UFC 290. Fantastic card. Uh, domination from Volk. Unbelievable war between Pantoja and Moreno. DDP. 
huge knockout. My guy. Incredible stuff from him. Your guy. Your guy. And I personally am very much looking forward to uh to his fight with Izzy, especially after after Saturday night. He he was impressive, man, and people can keep doubting him, but the way that he talks about that Izzy fight, how he's like, he's gonna bring the fight to him, he's gonna get the hands on him, he's gonna manhandle him. I'm I'm very interested to see how that one is gonna go. Yeah, uh, I think everyone is at this point. I remember uh, coming in. I mean, not I guess not coming in. I remember um, DDP's most recent win, right? So before before Whitaker, he, he beats up Derek Brunson, and it's a back and forth. He fight at some points. He kind of looks like maybe he's gassing. That's sort of DDP's mo in general. But I remember after the Brunson one in March, I was just like, "That's the guy." Let's just do it right now. And I got a lot of pushback. Nobody was that into it. Uh, none of that anymore. You beat Robert Whitaker. You beat him like that. You make you do something that only basically Israel Adesanya has done before. Everybody's all in on this fight. My great hope is that it doesn't happen in Australia. It's just too quick um, of a turnaround for, for DDP, in my opinion. Let's give this the full build. If Izzy has to fight in Australia, he can fight somebody else. You know, that's fine. He can do the Sean Strickland or whatever. But I think these two guys are on a collision course and everybody is pumped about it. For me, don't don't do a fight in between uh in between Izzy and DDP. Like whether uh, whether it's making that's Izzy where wait, I would like, be as well. Like, don't do not make him fight Strickland in, in Australia. That would just that would kill anything. Like I, I have my heart set, and I think everyone does, and I think Izzy does too. Has his heart set on the on the DDP matchup. I mean that that's where I'd be as well. But you know, sometimes they just put business ahead of reason and logic. And it's like, well, we got to have somebody to headline this Australia card. Uh, that w- nobody else that would is a, really a, available, a huge and mistake. so I agree, it would be a big letdown. But uh, either way, these two dudes will fight. Bah. The banana peels. Sean Strickland upsets Izzy. That would be quite funny if Sean Strickland was the banana peel in this situation. Because <laughs> then DDP is going to want to fight Sean Strickland. I don't think DDP much... like I. He's building oh, the fight percent. and he's making this a rivalry. But like he wants the belt. I don't think he really cares whether it comes off of Izzy's waist or Sean Strickland's waist. Absolutely. It would be... It would be so MMA of, hey, we've got this clear rivalry building, uh, and then all of us fans are like, Robert Whitaker's just going to screw this up. You're making DDP fight him. It's going go, to go to crap. And in fact, DDP beats Whitaker, but somehow Sean Strickland is the one that screws up this rivalry by beating Israel Disney. So I'm with you 100%. Like, I would not choose to do it. I think that there's a possibility of it happening because the the machine marches on forever with the UFC. So that's my big hope is that it won't, that we get that. Um, because, I mean, coming out of 290, I think the biggest storyline is is Jerkis Duplessis versus Israel Adesanya. Uh It's that or Robbie Lawler. But, I mean, he, he turned some heads on Saturday, that's for sure. Uh, you mentioned the Robbie Lawler retirement. Fantastic moment. Then we had Dan Hooker, dog. Then we had Bo Nickel showing the hands. Man, Bo Nickel looks good, huh? Oh, God. Looks great. Uh, and then uh, Denise Gomes. My opinion, a you know, moment of the night. 
Yeah, real four four sub minute, four sub one minute KOs, modern UFC record. Just uh, what a night of fights, dude. God, I what, wish that what was a, every what a night weekend. of fights. Uh, winning week, correct? Winning week. Uh, I ended up uh, as you, you loyal listeners know. I uh, I was banking on Yair to to do something that wasn't even close to ever happening. Uh, but big, you know, the big bets on DDP and Lawler at pretty healthy underdog odds get me uh, over the hump just a little over one unit on the on the week and love a W. Always love a W. Love a W. I got a very small win, but a win nonetheless. Shout out to Pantoja uh, for that one. So we move. Forward to UFC Apex 77 with bright eyes, 14 fights from the world's most famous arena, world's most famous warehouse adjacent to a company's headquarters. And we start with the main event, women's bantamweight bout. You're saying the vacant women's bantamweight title, Holly Holm taking on Myra Buena Silva. And right now, Holly Holm is the favorite at minus 170. Myra Buena Silva coming back at plus 145. Do you have any action down on the main event? I have action down. Do you have action down on the main event? I do not. I am clean on the main event. Wow, look at you being clean on the main event. Uh, so I, I'm working on a parlay. I don't have all the pieces or kind of I'm still sorting through things. I'm, you know, the Seaberg special here, uh, the over one and a half in the main event feels like that's probably a good parlay piece given uh, what Holly Holm has been uh, been known to do oh, yeah. lately. But my my only my concern action, is Myra uh, Silva. Yeah, I don't. Wait, are are you concerned that she might finish Holly Holm on on under seven minutes, or that she would get it's, finished? It's the arm bars. No, it's the arm bars. That I, that I that I fear for. I mean, I, it wouldn't be impossible, but I'm uh, I'm back in Holly Holm in this one. I got her at the price of minus one fifty five, so a little bit better than you're you're seeing out there right now. Um, for a couple of reasons, the the main one is like I won't be super shocked if Marbury and Silva wins. She's looked really good since uh, moving back up to bantamweight, but. And look, she she's she's shown some good effort, right? Like she she's a committed body attacker, kicks the legs a bunch. Those are both good things. But I can't get the the Manon Fior fight out of my head for for MBS, and because it, in a lot of ways, I sort of view Manon Fior as just like a smaller, like a smaller Holly Holm, I guess. Like the, her game feels similar in in a lot of respects. Uh, I think Holly Holm. Look, she's probably not the fighter. She's probably not at the peak of her powers, but I think she is still a good enough range striker uh, to probably just win the fight on the feet if if it was contested there the entire time. But moreover, I don't think MBS is really going to be getting takedowns. In the clinch, I've actually really been impressed by the elbows and knees from MBS, but Holly Holm is just this like smothering clinch fighter lately. She'll just get double underhooks and just kind of physically dominate you around and and MBS I don't think can stand up to the physicality of home certainly in those close quarters I think home can get takedowns and I'm not all that concerned about the you know as you put it the arm bars and, and the submission third off her back I, I don't think home has to get takedowns I just think she can and can sort of just at this point do a Holly home performance it's who she's been for the last few years I think she can do that to MBS and 
at minus 155. I, I like the price. I kind of want to add the over one and a half to to a parlay. I, I've got it available right here at minus 475. That feels very reminiscent to the Brandon Moreno, Alejandre Pantoja. And Holly Holm, 10 of her last 11 have gone over the one and a half. I mean, I have a prop parlay that I very much like. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll just leave that out there and just not even sweat it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think Holly Holm wins this fight. I guess the thing keeping me away is I've been burned on Holly home fights before. Like it is probably going to go to a decision. There might be like some competitiveness about it. And I just like, can't really trust these judges, but I do think Holly home's going to win. I understand. Like I, I can't, I can't blame you for not wanting to back your, put your hard earned American dollars on, on Holly home who is not, I mean, she is one and you know, most recently the Yano Santos fight, like I thought that maybe she would slow down or whatever. And that she's pretty clearly won that fight, even though it was not spectacular. And that's, that's the thing. When was the last spectacular Holly home win? It's Betch Cahaya. Like that's the last, like really good Holly home win. The rest of them have just been sort of grinds. Man. And that Betch Cahaya was now over six years ago. It was a long time, long time ago. <laughs> And Betchcohe wasn't even good then, so it's <laughs> like it's tough. It's a tough hang. Tough. I mean, tough hang is this entire card. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go to the co-main event of the evening: middleweight bout. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Albert Drive taking on Jun Young Park. The Iron Turtle doesn't get bigger than this when it comes to making co-main events right now. The Iron Turtle minus 150. Derive coming back plus 130. Any action down on the second to last fight of the night? Uh, I don't, but speaking of Tough Hang, your, your Tough Hang co-host, my uh, friend and, and colleague, uh, Mr. A.K. Lee would, would call this fight a penultimate fight. I don't think this is a, a co-main event in any regard. And this fight really speaks to how I view this card because it's not a bad fight. I am at, There's like a piece of me that is genuinely interested in this, but this is the sort of fight that like in my head and in a perfect world is, ooh, that's a fun sort of complimentary prelim fight on a fight night card. Like, oh, okay, well, so we've got a couple of marquee ones. We've got some ranked guys, names jumping out. And then this will also be like a sneaky fun fight. 
this entire card is comprised of sneaky fun fights and then trash. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's just a tough one. Uh I I think um Derive is going to win this fight, but I don't have any real level of confidence in it. Basic basically uh one Jin Young Park has sort of continued to exceed expectations. Just scrappy, really fun guy, well-rounded, not great at anything. Duraev, I think, is a good enough wrestler to sort of probably win those positions if he needs to uh, and chooses to. And on the feet, he's just a little more athletic, a little, little quicker, I think. Um, I I can't bet him um, in one part because he's an Akman MMA guy and I'm just not going to support him for that. Uh, but I don't even feel massively comfortable, particularly with how uh, Jun Young Park has sort of overachieved in spots. So... If I'm picking just straight up, I think Darius wins it, but uh, no, no action. So I actually will be taking a dog shot on on Albert Darius for a lot of the things that you said. I'm pretty confident in his in his wrestling and grappling in this situation. Uh, I think Junyon Park. You you talk about exceeding expectations. I also look back at his last few fights. The level of competition that he's going against isn't the most impressive in the world. You know, a Dennis Tolulin. Uh, uh, Jamie Holmes, um, and uh, who was it before that? Eric Anders. Uh, so the the level of competition isn't wowing me, and his strengths that he's been able to get it done, the wrestling and the grappling. I don't think he's going to be able to do that here. I think he's going to push a pace. I don't think he has a ton of power, and I think he's going to force Darayev to go to his wrestling. Sometimes it feels like he strikes a little bit too much when he has that wrestling and grappling advantage. Uh, and I think he's going to go to that wrestling grappling. He's going to have success, and I, I think he can get this done. I, I, I like him at the at the plus money. I took him at plus one thirty five. Yeah, like I said, I, if I'm picking him, uh, I, I just straight up I'd pick him, but not going to take the bet. But I, I think that that is the value line for sure. All right, well, we keep it rolling to a heavyweight bout. Walt Harris, the return, taking on Josh. Parisian right now. Right now, you can have Walt Harris for minus 165. Parisian coming back at plus 140. I got nothing on this. At at one point, I think Walt Harris was like a minus 220. I would have absolutely been on Parisian at that price, but I missed that. Uh, don't think the old big ticket should, uh, should be a minus 200 against just about anyone, even if it is Josh Parisian. At the end of the day, I'm staying away. Do you say that because he hasn't won a fight in like four years? Is that is that why you're saying that? <laughs> uh, yeah, hasn't won a fight in four years and has been knocked out three straight times. Very true. Um, you say this. Well, first, let's start. This is a heavyweight contest, so I will absolutely be taking the heavyweight over. It's over one and a half. The line's minus 110. Line pretty evenly. Gotta say, frankly, love the price because... Walt Harris, not really a heavyweight over guy. He's about 50-50 when it comes to hitting over one and a half in his uh, UFC career. Seven of 15 have hit over. Josh Parisian, just a, a stalwart of heavyweight over nation. Four of his five UFC fights have gone over two and a half, and all five have hit over one and a half. This man, this man is going to give you close to 15 minutes of action for your money, which is what we love to see here. So particularly... 
you think, hey, man, Josh Parisian probably uh, at least is maybe slightly undervalued because of that, great. Because Josh Parisian isn't getting anybody out of there quickly. It's just not what he does. I am also adding a second bet here, and it's wow, two I'm gonna bets be, on this. I'm going to be well. I have to do the heavyweight over. I don't have this other bet down because I don't have the price uh, available, and it's insane. But I'm doing it. I think this is a setup fight. I think they're trying to get Walt Harris to win. Walt Harris has not won since the tragedy that happened to his family. In his defense, since that time, he's fought Alistair Overeem, Alexander Volkov, and Marcin Tibera. Those were all like top 15-ish dudes at the time. This is a huge step back for him. Yes, it's going to be two years since he has fought, but Josh Parisian isn't very good. Um, and I don't know that Walt Harris is good, but he is powerful. He is going to have a huge athletic advantage in this fight, and I think that he can he can get this done. And when, when Walt Harris wins... It is by knockout. He has 13 career wins. All of them are by knockout. The man is not going to submit you. He is not going to go to decision. He's not going to lay and pray you. So I'm going to take a bet on Walt Harris by KOTKO whenever I find that line available somewhere to me. Considering Walt Harris you know, is, is currently looking at minus 165, I bet his by KOTKO is like minus 150 but I'm still going to take nah, it. <laughs> no, nah, it's available at, at a book right now for plus 110. If it's plus money, a thousand percent I'm taking it. All 13 of his career wins have been by KO. Yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. That, the uh, number should basically be the same as his straight-up odds. Yeah, he's kind of like the uh, the knockoff in Ghana. Uh, just very much. Literally only wins by knockout. 69 yeah, so, in the UFC. Uh, yeah. Just and um, on a three-fight losing streak, hasn't won in like four years. A lot of bad things, I get it. Uh, is it smart to have two bets on a heavyweight fight between low-level low heavyweights? No. It sure is not. But that's what you come to no bets for. Part four. No bets part. If you think this is the dumbest bet I'm making this week, just yeah. wait till we get to the prelims. Wait till we get to the next fight. Women's featherweight bout. Norman Dumont taking on Chelsea <laughs> Chandler, baby. That's what I'm talking about right now. Big Norm. Does this, does this mean you have action? Do I have action? I think I've said it the last two episodes. I've been oh, sitting on a, on a Norman Dumont ticket for like three weeks now. Norman Dumont right, right now, minus 140. Chandler, plus 120. I got in on Big Norm at plus money, plus 115. This is my Super Bowl, the final women's featherweight fight, maybe ever. And we need to go out with a bang. And who's going to give us that bang? Big Norm Dumont, baby. The immortal one. Uh, yeah, I was surprised when they first dropped this line. That's obviously why I took it. I really like think she's the better technical fighter pretty much anywhere this goes. I think she can mix in the takedowns. We saw Chandler taken down against Storley Oranko, who is just not an impressive fighter to me at all. Uh, I think she can rely on the clinch. I, I think she's going to be the faster fighter, too. I, I think she gets this done, man, and uh, finishes my feather women's featherweight betting career on a high. Big Norm. The immortal. I, lo I love that energy. Uh, if she's plus money, I'd be interested. I'm not going to take her as a favorite because I agree with everything you're saying. I think she's a vastly superior technical fighter or whatever, but... I can just, as I was watching tape on these, I can just sort of see a fight unfolding where Chandler just, 
you know, kind of gets dinged up early on. Norm was, you know, using the Sanda stuff and keeping range, fast hands and a lot of kicks. And then Chandler just sort of keeps coming and making it ugly and just throwing big bombs and and just making this into a, a dirty, grimy sort of fight where she can succeed and Norma Dumont may struggle a little. So I wouldn't take her at, at the at the favorite money. I think I, I would like Dumont as an underdog, and she certainly will will be my pick if we're just asking straight up who wins. Shocked you're not going to have any action down on this. I mean, this is this is the, the stuff fi- dreams I mean, are it's made a, of. This is, I mean, it's a historic event. I feel like I should have a bet on a historic event, but I'm not. I I will say that I'm I am looking at uh, the over two and a half in this as a uh, as a parlay piece. It's currently minus two thirty five at DraftKings. Seven of Dumont's nine wins uh, by decision. Six straight. She's been to six straight decisions inside the UFC. Uh, Chandler only has a handful of fights in her career. But, uh, you know, Dumont's pretty tough cookie. It, I don't think that if Chandler can have success, I don't think it's going to be an early finish. It would be over the course of, you know, 15 minutes just piling up damage. So kind of looking I, at that over two and a half as a parlay piece. Did you take Norman Dumont by KO last time out against Carol Hosa? Was that the chat GPT bet? Um... Because she never I did take Norma Dumont. She's never won by knockout. Know. I mean, it's sitting right. That there. might be that. That actually might be right. And it's insane when you think about it because the Chat GPT bet almost exclusively defaults to decisions. It almost is never picking finishes. So for it to pick Norma Dumont by finishes, uh, it's quite a statement. Plus a that plus it's a thousand. By- and I think you're right. I think I did. Plus a thousand by knockout right now for Big Norm to get her first KO in the UFC octagon and in her fe- professional fighting career. Anyway, cannot wait for that one. Uh, the people's main event, as they're saying, we'll keep it rolling. Lightweight bout. Actually, I mean, we could we could say that that's for the vacant featherweight title too. Yeah, Why not? Now, you, now you're talking. I <laughs> Double mean, Norman title du- fights this weekend, baby. Let's go. I think Norman Dumont might be the best 145er in all of the UFC. Uh, we keep it rolling. Actual fun fight. Lightweight bout, Atman Azaitar taking on Francisco Prado. Very closely lined fight right now. Atman and uh, Prado almost near evens. You can have Prado for minus 120, Atman at plus 100. Uh, I don't have a side on this one. This is leg one of my prop parlay. I actually mentioned it last week on the show. Uh, Under two and a half. The way these guys fight, they're going to come in aggressive. They're going to come in swinging. and I think someone's going to get knocked out if you just look at both the dudes' careers. Azaitar, 13 of his 14 fights, ended under 2.5, 10 in the first round. Prado, 11 of his 12, under the 2.5, 8 in the first round. Just think these guys are going to come in here looking for violence, and, and someone is going to end up going out. Uh, a couple of things to say on this one. Love the bet because uh, I am taking this fight does not go to decision as a parlay piece, minus 275. I've got... Cook myself up a little violence parlay. Yeah. Uh, and not to spoil it, it's with the very next fight on this because looking at this card, this card to me is where I say, man, lightweight, best division in the sport. These are two maybe top 50 guys in the world in our next two fights, might have, you know, four top 50, top 80 lightweights. And these fights absolutely rule. Azaitar Prado should be super fun. Um, 
I still have some some high hopes for Prado. Uh, you know, long term, he's he's still only twenty one, um, and he came in on short notice against Jamie Malarkey, who's a very very good lightweight. Was massively oversized against him in the cage, and you know, still at least gave a decent showing, even though he very clearly lost that fight. Uh, I think Zaitar. It could be tough. Prado could very, very well lose this fight. As Itar is a very good offensive fighter, he is has a, a, a lot of power, a lot of flash, a lot of hands, and will uh, these two dudes are just going to get in and chuck them up? I would say Prado has like a slight grappling advantage, but I don't really know how big it is because he's still relatively—I mean, not relatively—still very unproven. So I'm just really excited to sort of see how this fight develops. That's why I didn't want to take either action even though i think there's maybe a touch of value on zaitar so but i'm i'm like you i think there's almost no chance this fight makes it to the card so parlay peace yeah i i would be surprised if we even saw the grappling here i really do think they're just gonna come in here and just box it up till someone goes out just swing them and it's gonna be fun as hell man this and the next fight are actually gonna be super super fun let's get right into it lightweight bout terrence mckinney taking on nazim sadikov right now Sadikov, your favorite at minus 145. McKinney coming back at plus 125. Uh, yeah, I think we have the same bet here. I, I'm just on the under two and a half, especially in this one because it cuts off a lot of that juice. It's like minus 550 to not go to a decision, minus 360 uh, under two and a half. So like you're getting almost 200 points there for two and a half minutes. And honestly, I wouldn't even want to be holding the ticket. I, I, I'd be a mess if this one made it past the halfway point of the third round anyway. I, I don't really see a late finish happening. If you've watched Terrence McKinney fight, you kind of have an idea how this one's going to go. Doesn't matter who he fights. 18 professional bouts, 18 ending under the two and a half, 15 ending in the first round. We talk about agents of chaos. Terrence McKinney might just be the agent of chaos he's definitely if you had to do a fantastic four a Mount Rushmore of agents of chaos Terrence McKinney and Charles Oliveira are definitely one and two uh that I'm starting the mountain with dude he he gets it Terrence McKinney is probably never going to be a champion and that's fine because he understands the entertainment business he is giving you your money's worth every time out this is a man who doesn't use the judges doesn't need them doesn't want them Take the night off, Cecil Peoples. You are not necessary when this prelim opens. And Sadikov also, frankly, no slouch as, as a finisher. I mean, the dude has one decision in his career. So he is also out there getting after it. Uh, I think this fight is going to be a barn burner. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all if, if McKinney actually uh, was able to get this done. I know he's a slight underdog. Again, kind of feel like there might be even a touch of value on him because we have seen Sadikov get hit before. McKinney certainly starts very fast, but can he finish him? Sometimes McKinney had we saw Drew Dober got hit and hurt, and McKinney couldn't put him down. It's all just sort of up in the air, you know. Ishmael Bonfim. <laughs> That's McKinney is just it's hard to feel confident betting on him ever, but it's incredibly good to like I can feel incredibly confident betting on him. To not make two and a half, you were absolutely correct. Violence parlay is the doesn't go to decision in the Isotar Prado and the under two and a half in this one. Uh, that just just a little simple two legger, keeping it uh, real easy, real clean. Yep. 
Love Me it. Me too. Me too. I actually really do love it. It's my biggest bet of the weekend for sure. Uh, McKenny inside the distance. Like if you're going to take McKenny, you might as well just take him inside the distance. You get it from plus 124 all the way up to <laughs> plus 160. Plus, bit of breaking news from yesterday. Terrence McKenny tweeted, and I quote, they got me as an underdog, so if you want to make some money, throw some bucks down on Saturday. Just saying. Love the confidence. Just saying. Love like the confidence from Terrence McKinney. Uh, let me look at how successful he has McKinney been as a betting underdog. Round one? I mean, that's only plus all, 240. It's only I would plus say, that can't be a super high number, but it would be great. Uh, McKinney as an underdog. He had to have been an underdog against Favola. Not even that big of an underdog against Favola, actually. Only plus 175. It's been a favorite all the other fights in the UFC, so. But 1-0 is an underdog. Is he going to submit him, or is he going to knock him out if he wins? That's I assume that if he wins, it's a KO. Um, Sadikov keeps his left hand up very high, but uh, certainly drops his lead hand a lot. He kind of keeps that low shoulder rolly style, his arms moving a lot. Um, and um, Evan Elder, is that that's who Sadikov fought, right? Evan Elder? Um, yeah. Evan Elder buzzed him pretty early on in that fight just because Sadikov got a little lazy. And so I think if McKinney does it, it's going to be plunking him in the face and then following up with, you know, those knees, those elbows. If you're looking forward to it, might play something something fancy on like a Terrence McKinney round one KO or something if I can get a... I, I mean, that's just surprise. a fun bet. Yeah, there you're just getting the exact... Uh, I'll, wait, I'll wait for all the other books Love the to exacto drop. bets. Uh, and we'll see what we can do. Let's keep it rolling. My guy, Jack Della Maddalena, back on the card in a welterweight bout against Basil Hafez. Right now, Topology says we got seven main card fights. I don't think it really makes a difference. It's all just going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Um, short notice, I watched a couple of Hafez fights. I really don't have much interest in betting this just because the line is is juiced out right now. Wherever he's available, JDM is like a minus 600. Uh Having to cut weight twice in a week, don't necessarily love that. Uh, Hafez, he does seem to have a grappling game as well. Half his wins are coming by submission. Um, but obviously, when you're talking about the level of competition, it's it's not fully there. Something I do see a lot of people uh, going back to is the Jeremiah Wells draw split decision back in 2017. Um I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to sit back and watch this one. The, the the lines, I think the under one and a half is at like minus 200 also. Minus 205, yeah. Numbers are just too juiced for me. It's just kind of a weird fight. I'm obviously cheering for JDM, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, so um, I got a little stat for you, Connor. I think it's Ooh. important. So, you, uh, so um, it's a JDM stat. Um, I don't know if you know this. He's fought four times in the UFC. Yeah, did all know four that. of them have been first round, first round finishes. Yes, um, also knew that. Now the submission for Brandy Brown that that threw us for a loop there, but I think loop. we're not. I think I think that was just you know he was just testing it out, wanted to see how it felt. You know, strut around. We're gonna get back to to knock out Don Giacomo, and uh, yep. whenever I have an opportunity, I'll be placing a bet on a JDM round one KO. Not a big one. Sure, the price won't be super good, but I just want to have some fun. And rooting for JDM to get another first round finish, pretty damn fun. It's fun. It's fun. 
it's fun. fun. That's that's and, what and I'm going to be cheering for. It's been very lucrative lately. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to be cheering for. Typically with JDM, you're, you're looking to play unders. You're looking to play knockout props. Uh, and Plus, this man's mad, Connor. This man's mad. He had the Sean Brady fight, this massive fight that's going to elevate him, start making a run up the rankings, taken away. Short notice replacement. Uh, thank God props that off. that was, you know, uh, well, thank God that they caught that before, like, JDM is on the wrong side of something, like, truly tragic happening. Drops off, says can't fight at 290, can't take part in the best card in uh, recent memory. He is he's he's gonna take out all of that anger, all of that frustration, all of those uh those bad feelings on Basil Hafiz, and we're we're just gonna be out of here. So first round love JDM, it. let's go. Love it, love it, love it. Let's keep it rolling to the prelims. Women's bantamweight bat bout Ashley Evans Smith taking on Aylin Perez. Um I have no real interest in betting this fight. Uh, looks like Perez is a lot of money coming in. She's she's now up to minus one ninety. Ashley Evans Smith AES as her diehard fans call her plus one sixty. Uh, I got nothing here. Don't know. Yeah, if you yeah, do. no, no one should have anything here. Uh, the AES stands out there. I I love you, love your passion, your energy, but. You know, she hasn't fought in three years. Uh, even when she was fighting, she she was not winning. <laughs> um, four of her last five are L's. Uh, she hadn't fought in three years. And she hadn't fought in three years because she got popped by USADA. And so if you can't win when you're taking illegal substances, and now theoretically you're not taking them, that doesn't bode well. I don't think Alan Perez is very good either, but... uh probably good enough to win this but certainly this is not the quality of fight that i should be putting money behind yeah i'm i'm, I'm out on that uh let's keep it rolling men's flyweight bout tyson nam our guy taking on azat maxim a debutant who is 16 and 0 from kazakhstan his nickname actually fittingly enough kazakh uh so it works out there. i you love I love that like half the Kazakhstan fighters who make it to the UFC, their nickname is just Kazakh or some yeah. variation yeah. on Kazakh. That's how you should get to know him. Uh, but Maxim right now, minus 410. Nam coming back, plus 310. Um, I took the under earlier in this week. I, was, I, I grabbed it plus 120, uh, and I very much like that because Tyson Nam wanted to fly weight under. There were rumors they were back. Then they weren't. Then they lost two more times before UFC 290 was over. Uh, and Tyson Nam's been good to us on cashing these things, man. Four of his last yes. five fights. He's got power, and uh, I'm not. I'm not completely sold on Maxim being able to to get the takedowns here. And and at that point, I think it's going to become a striking match. And Tyson Nam, four of his last five fights. I think I think he uh I think he can finish Azat, but on the flip side of Azat is the real deal. 16 and 0, but he didn't really start fighting guys with any sort of experience until like his ninth fight. Uh I mean if he is the real deal, 12 of his 16 fights, he's he's won by finish. So I think the finish is live for him as well. Flyweight unders. Maybe back for this one fight. You know, I uh, I hope they are back. I, I will not be partaking. I, I actually was, I didn't do it, and I th can't quite get myself over, over the line here, but 
I'm somewhat interested in a Tyson Nam underdog shot here for sort of the reasons you I said. I mean, I uh, the big that. one here. Yeah, I mean, the the price is very large, and the big one for me is, uh, you know, watch a little bit of Maxim. I'm uh, I'm interested to see how he comes along. I mean, sixteen and zero, you got to stand up and take notice. Doesn't matter if you're fighting barbers or whatever. Uh, sixteen is just a lot of a win streak in professional mixed martial arts, but. A lot of those are not over real opposition. It's a, it's a gaudy record, and I, I want to see what happens under the bright lights under under a veteran guy. So we were talking about off air. Uh, you know, it appears I'm not a, I'm not a tough guy. You are you you and AK Lee on the tough hang. It appears that uh, Conor McGregor and his team of of uh, not veterans are struggling against veterans and Tyson Nam. The man is a veteran, so oh, yeah. feels I, I like don't, this is a big line. I don't mind that at all, dude. I I really don't with a guy that's coming in who, yes, he's sixteen and zero, but what who what what has been the level of competition? How is he going to react to to a guy like Tyson Nam? There's just no telling, and he's a minus four ten. Could yeah, go one just, of two ways. Could be like, man, he was the most solid parlay piece of the week, or it could be like. He will not be minus four ten for a good while. Yeah, I uh, I may pull the trigger on it as we get closer, but um, just not quite there. So, but that's I would definitely not be parlaying Maxim. Got prove it to me, man. Got to get proven. Yeah, I feel that. Let's keep it rolling right along. Lightweight bout, another one for you. We got a couple more before we're out of here. Carl Deaton the third taking on Alex Munoz right now. You can have Alex Munoz. As the favorite at minus 150, Carl Deaton coming back at plus 130. So I'm on Alex Munoz. I took him at minus 135. Obviously, the main concern here is the layoff. Um, hasn't fought in a couple years. But from Got looking a few at... big layoffs on this card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually read somewhere that we're going to have to wait like eight fights into the card before we're going to see anyone coming off of a UFC win. Which is uh, wow. which is, <laughs> that which is, is pr- pretty crazy. Um, That's tough. But uh, yeah, I mean, so like I, I went deep diving on his Instagram, and obviously that's not really concrete evidence. But it looks like he's taking this time to make the necessary improvements. I don't think it. He's been away for you know just doing nothing, and now he's just trying to to have a little money grab here. Uh, so I think he has made the improvements. And then when you just come down to breaking down the actual fight, I just think he is the better fighter than Carl Deaton. And I think what he's going to try to do, his strength, trying to get this to the mat and wrestle him and grind on him, is where Carl Deaton sort of struggles. He's been taken down. He's doesn't really have great takedown defense, period. Uh, and then, I mean, even on the feet, uh, I think Munoz can have success there as well. I think the reason we're getting this line, we're coming off back-to-back losses, but putting that into context, and against pretty tough guys in Nasrat and Pena, I think this is a pretty decent size step down in competition, and then obviously the layoff goes into that. So obviously there's a world where where Munoz comes out here and he hasn't made any improvements and and he struggles and he can't get the takedowns and he kind of looks lost on the feet, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's going to come in ready and he's going to be able to get those takedowns and win the fight. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I agree fully. I I'm just not gonna bet. Um, you know, we've talked about it recently. Trying to 
take fewer bets, particularly on prelim level fighters, stuff like that. And I'm just not going to do it on Munoz here, but I think the wrestling is key and I think it should uh, give him a clear path. And Carl Deaton can be a fun fighter, but he's got some pretty severe limitations in that regard. So I think your bet looks safe to me. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. We roll on to another lightweight bout. Gennaro Valdez taking on Evan Elder. Evan Elder, the big favorite at this point. You can have him for minus 320. Valdez coming back plus 235. Um, I used Elder as a parlay piece, actually, with the KSW card. Phil DeFreeze. Look at you. Yeah, shout out, shout out. Uh, I, I still think he's got decent potential. He's only 26. He, he came in on short notice against Preston Parsons, obviously just outsized there. Uh, and got a pretty gnarly cut against Nazim after after winning the first two rounds in that one. I, I think he can use the kicks. I think he can mix in the takedowns and and have success here just with an all-around game plan. Valdez, he's not the most technical. He is hittable. He can get taken down. Um, but obviously, he does carry power and he does have a nice chin. Um, but for the reasons that I mentioned earlier, I think Elder gets it done. Yeah, I don't have a strong thoughts on this. My, in general, I would assume that Valdez is going to lose. But I mean, you look at his losses; they have really come to very good competition. Aton Levy, Matt Favola. I mean, those are both sure very very respectable dudes, and that's no disrespect to Nazim Sadikov or Preston Parsons. You know, guys who are fine, but uh, level of comp favors Valdez, even though that, but. Also, can't bet Valdez. I mean, Mexico just just caught it in the teeth last weekend. So yeah, well, can't, maybe he's can't here be to, betting the Mexican surgeons at this moment. Maybe Rayadito is here to uh, to bounce it back for him. I also have to say the Matt Favola fight. If you go back and watch that, I mean, it was he got knocked down like six times before finally getting knocked out in like a three minute span. Matt Favola is such an interesting fighter. Like, yes. it's kind of weird that Terrence McKinney blew his doors off, given that, you know, where he's gone on to be and that performance against Drew Dober. Just hell of a fighter. I love I, th- I think he, I think you could make the argument that he just got caught against Terrence McKinney. I mean, well, definitely. It was seven-second chaos, or absolutely. Yeah, like he just got caught. Uh, that's, and that's just the game. And that's that's my that's the thing I always – why I say lightweight's the best, because, like, Matt Farrell is a top 15, 20 guy, and Terrence McKinney came in and knocked him out like, very, very quickly. Very it can quickly. happen anywhere. Like, Gennaro Valdez could just beat Evan El- Elder senseless oh, yeah. and could could randomly, like, tomorrow just decide, oh, I'm going to give some top 25 dude the fight of his life. It's just a shark tank, man. I'm, I'm going to end up having, like, six or seven bets this weekend and I wouldn't be surprised if I lost all of them. That's, that's the level this card is at. Love that confidence from you. What do you want me to say, man? I'm betting on Norman Dumont. confidence. I'm betting on Norman Dumont and Alex Munoz coming off a two year layoff. Like, what do you want me to sit here and be like, these are locks. There's no way this could go wrong. Uh, let's speaking of locks, let's get into the next fight. Strawweight bout Estelle Nunez taking on Victoria Dudakova. And Victoria is your favorite coming in at minus 210. Estela Nunez coming back at plus 180. Um, I'm on Estela Nunez. I took her at plus 240. Where do you go? 
I mean, it's it's similar to the to the Haragi fight from last week. Um, I mean, due to COVID, yeah, like she could end up being a pretty decent prospect, but she's 24. Her game is fairly one dimensional. Uh, and she's going up against Estella Nunez, who, yeah, she's six and four, and she's lost, I think, three straight. But she's going to be more experienced there. She's been in the octagon on several occasions. She's pretty much fighting for her job. Like, she has to understand that. Like, if she loses, it's over. And I think she's going to have the much better striking. If this does not immediately go to the mat, I think Estella Nunez is going to be as live as they come. Um, And as long as it stays standing, I think she'll remain live. Now, her cardio does can wane. But for that first half of the fight, I I think she's as live as possible for either a finish or to potentially bank the first two rounds. So 24 years old, making her UFC debut. And at the time that I took this, she was like minus 280. I just disagreed with the line and I threw a half unit on Estella Nunez. I I love underdog Connor. Underdog Connor is the most fun. Actually, Uh, four of my five plays this weekend are plus I'm noticing that a, a little bit of thing here. Uh, just cannot join you on this. I, I, I'll be clear. I will not be betting on Dudakova for all the reasons you basically said, like, as a favorite, why would I put this price on her? But, uh, yeah, if, if this does stay standing, sure, I think Nunes has a chance, but she is not a very good defensive wrestler. And, look, I'm. this is probably the optimist in me. It's probably dumb. Kind of think Dudakova might actually be, like, a real legit prospect. Like, maybe somebody who's, could be. who's fun and new undefeated as a pro and amateur, like a fairly extensive amateur career, particularly as far as MMA goes, uh, level out of the signs here has looked good. I think she can, and Estella Nunes feels like the exact right matchup. Like, all right, you can't really defensively wrestle due to COVID. Just go just tackle her, tap her out and, uh, let's start building something. So I don't, uh, I, I love that you're on an underdog. I will not be joining you. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, man. I mean, it's it's a fight that, in my opinion, it's dog or pass. I just, I just, I don't know. There's going to be some people parlaying up due to COVID this weekend. And, like, it could look very smart in retrospect. Or it it's could be never like, smart man. to parlay with debutantes unless that debutante's like Bo Nickel. Or it could be, you know, a 24-year-old fighter, 6-0, and making her debut who has next She's She is not Bo Nickel. <laughs> Yeah. She's not Bo Nickel. All right, that's all my bets. Two more fights to go. Do you have anything on Austin Lingo Costa? I have nothing on Austin Lingo Costa. I do have one on the on the opener. Tucker Lux versus Melsic Bogdasarian. I sure what do. What you got for me? So remember earlier when I said if you guys think that's the dumbest bet that I've made on this card, Yo, you are absolutely incorrect. Tell Welcome me. to the dumbest bet <laughs> I've made on this card. I will be betting on Tucker Lutz at a, a spectacular underdog price of plus one forty. And Connor, I could give you I could give you the full you know breakdown of the techniques and and all that, but that would be a lie. I'm betting on him for one reason and one reason only, and it's the best of all reasons. Melsic Bagdasarian, man's nickname is the Gun. Melsic the Gun Bagdasarian. You know yeah, what Tucker nice. Lutz's nickname is? Top Gun. I have wow. just a gun or I have the top gun. Wow. The best of the guns. I have to take the top gun over just any old other gun. So I'll be taking Tucker Lutz at this underdog price and I'll explain nothing further about my decision making. 
Now tell me, is it Tucker Top Gun Lutz or is it Top Gun Tucker Lutz? You know, I didn't actually go back and, and look at his intros, which maybe I should have. I'm assuming it's Tucker Top Gun Lutz because so very few MMA fighters go with the the pre-nickname. You know, they always just do the sandwich method, but it would be a lot cooler if it was Top Gun Tucker Lutz. I, I think Top Gun Tucker Lutz is the way to go. Yeah, Melzik, it's much better. the gun, Bagdasarian. He's uh, just well, a gun. Yeah, I can't blame you for that, man. I like that, and uh, that'll do it. Um, so, yeah, my bets. Alex Munoz, Estela Nunez, plus 240. Daria, plus 135. Nam Maxim, under 2.5, plus 120. Norman Dumont, plus 115. Parlayed up McKinney, Sadikov, under 2.5 with the Azatar. Azaitar Prado, under 2.5. And, and then I did Evan Elder and filled the freeze over in KSW. I think I might add, depending on the line, uh, uh, Terrence McKinney, round one knockout. Uh, I didn't even look at KSW. I might have to look at like it's Dark a terrible card. or something, fig- figure it out. Yeah, they mailed this one. It'll in. be fun. Uh, my bet's Holly Holm. Uh, I've got the Harris Parisian over one and a half. I'm going to take a flyer on Walt Harris by KO round one. Uh, JDM by round one KO. I don't know what that price is going to be, but whatever it is. Tucker Lutz, as we just discussed. I think I am going to throw a flyer on Tyson Nam just because plus 310 is a big old number. I might as well like take a that. shot. Uh, and then I finally put in my parlay as we were talking here. I've got Isotar Prado does not go the distance, minus 275. Uh, McKinney Sadikov under two and a half, uh, minus 360. And I just decided YOLO. I'm going to throw in JDM as a parlay piece because uh, it brings me to a plus 105 parlay instead of, you know, like a... a Pay out 70 bucks or whatever on a hundo so that's where we're at shortest episode ever i hope so because that was that ufc apex 77 next week ufc london not a great card but uh it's in london so it's cooler and tom aspinall's back and that's that and we'll see you then see you then love you guys The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.